coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. All problems, when you think of a problem, right, it's it's all future-based. If you think about when does the problem occur, well, in my mind, I can think of a lot of problems, but none of them are right this moment, right? They're all in the future, but there is no future. I mean, because when the future is in the mind, it's the way we're perceiving time, but I never wake up and go, oh, it's the future, right? It's still today. To, today is the only day that ever exists. It's the only time you, you will never experience life outside of this present moment. Life cannot be experienced in the future. Welcome to the show from the, the MD, MD and Chef, Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have have fun, fun too. So let's, let's get, get on, on with, with the show. show. Hi, Jamal. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so good to be with you guys. How's the weather over there? You know, we're um, I'm in Southern California, about an hour and a half east of Los Angeles in the beautiful mountain community. And right now uh, it feels like fall. So uh, it oh. was pretty, pretty hot, uh, but now it's starting to cool down. It's you know, comfortable Fahrenheit wise, it's in the seventies. Yeah. Cause um, you so guys have had some hot 70s. weather. Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, we have. You drinking lots of water. <laughs> uh, yes, I actually have, have right here with me right now. There you go. So. There you go. Good oh, job. Really. Strong work. Well, as you know, we're here in New Zealand. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. And we're just stepping into spring, which we're all very happy about. Cause it was been, it's been a very cold, wet, winter that's so strange for us uh as you know being from uh, yeah, the states so yeah. strange to have it flipped like that but yeah yeah totally. it is kind of wild flip-flop in the seasons trying to keep up with what everybody's doing we've got you know family and that on the northern hemisphere and we talk to them they're getting cold we're getting warmer and it it is interesting when you have those conversations oh absolutely absolutely yeah. jamal how about if i go ahead and introduce you to our listeners okay Absolutely, please. Great. Hi, everyone. It's me, Dr. Isabel, and the chef, Chef Michael, my handsome husband. Welcome to the MD and Chef team. We're both going to be uh, interviewing Jamal, and I'm just going to go ahead and introduce you to him. A little bit about him. You ready, everybody? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Let's go. (laughs) Jamal Javanji is a best-selling author, podcaster, and full-time life coach. Strong work, Jamal. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) As an author with over 20 years of experience working with people in various stages of personal struggles and challenges, and after traveling to many cultures around the globe, and now as a full-time coach, Jamal has discovered the common roots of human suffering, along with the sustainable solutions required to help people become liberated and empowered. I love that. Yeah. 
Jamal is passionate about serving individuals, couples, and groups on the path towards enlightenment, wholeness, and liberation. I love that, Jamal, yeah, getting yeah. people mm-hmm. unstuck oh. so that they can move forward and up. Absolutely. It is, it's a, such a, such a, you know, honor and privilege and, you know, that people would open up their lives and then trust me into that process. Um, so it never gets old and never take it for granted and uh, really, really rewarding work. Yeah. Jamal, I was wondering as we, we get talking to you about your work and what you're doing as a life coach and in the many areas of your life, how did you come about becoming a life coach? I mean, you weren't born to be a life coach. I mean, you know, you might think you are now, but how did that journey, how did that process happen that you decided I'm going to be an egg? life coach. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Yeah. As you said, I would have never scripted this. I had no idea that this kind of work even existed to be completely honest. Um, you know, probably to, to, to make a lo- a very long story short at, from the earliest I can remember, I've always been curious. Um, I've always asked questions. I mean, going back, you know, I could remember being five and six years old and, and I really was curious about really, what are we doing here? What's the point of this thing called life? I remember asking, you know, my, my father grew up overseas outside of the United States and in a very impoverished part of the world. Uh, my mother comes from Ohio, Midwest and the United States, South, you know, uh, Southeastern Ohio near West Virginia, a lot of, you know, generational um, struggle and poverty on both my, my mother and father's side. So um they got married. And of course I'm born into that family. Um, so I'm, it's a very different culture, you know, not only, um, I mean, very, very different religious cultures. So my dad was devout Muslim. My mom was devout Catholic. Um, and they, they, so I, you know, I was always curious about what do they believe? What, how are they approaching life? But yeah. there was an existential angst and struggle that I noticed in my parents and it had to do with survival and it kept them occupied working jobs that they were miserable in. My mother always had health issues from the earliest I can remember. She had a lot of trauma. I had no idea the connection between trauma, emotional, spiritual trauma, and physical health. But I grew up witnessing that um, and always was curious about, you know, why are we just here to make money and pay the bills? Um, What's why, why is my mother unhappy? What's the root of this suffering? And I just I've always been curious about that. So that eventually led me down a lot of different roads. You know, I was a corrections officer for a number of years and worked in a state penitentiary, uh, saw suffering, obviously there firsthand. And I began to realize specifically working in a prison, I began to see, I used to have the belief that just some people were throwaway people. Some people were just bad. They were just no good. And we just had to lock them up. But what I realized working in the prison, I like to tell people, I became convinced in the goodness of humanity from my time working in a prison because I could see people at their worst, the behavior, the violence, all the, 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 the the things that were happening um, in there were a result. And I could see it when I, when I would talk to these folks, literally there wasn't one inmate that if I found out their story, if I could hear their story, where they came from, what had affected them, there wasn't one inmate that I didn't have a sense of deep compassion for. And I could see their goodness below all of those layers of trauma and pain. Wow. And so I started to realize that so much of our problems and 
actually all of them, I didn't realize this at the time, but it was a gradual kind of realization that all of our problems at some level are self-created. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know that took me out. That was a hard pill to swallow, but to realize, yeah. but at the, and there's, and this was coming from trauma. So I became very passionate about wanting to get to the roots of why people um, suffer. And if we can help address those roots, we can alleviate people from suffering so that they can actually go on to live the life they're here to live. And so that eventually led me out of corrections and being prison guard for a while. I went into organized religion, became a pastor. Oh, wow. Um, and then that, I like to say that worked for a while until it didn't. And eventually yeah. it didn't work yes. because my life came to a halt. Um, I didn't realize that a lot of the work I was trying to to do with people, a lot of the the help I was trying to extend to pe- to other people was the work and the attention and the love that I had not learned how to extend to myself. Oh, because I was that is so key. Mm. How can we 100%. possibly learn to help other people if we don't know how to love ourselves? I mean, that should just be first grade teaching, don't you think? Oh, I, I wish somebody would have, you know, and I think looking back, I think there were subtle hints that was being sent to me from life along the way, but I just didn't realize it, um, you know, because we can see so clearly out here, but what's hard to see because of our senses, you know, we're trained, our eyes see externally, our ears hear externally, we tend to, we tend to pay attention and we're trained to pay attention to the external world, but we're not really trained or taught how to pay attention to the internal world. And, you know, what I was on the run from was my, what was going on inside of me, some pain points that I had not, that I inherited things I experienced. A lot of them were just patterns passed down to, to me from, you know, none of us are born into a, a blank slate. We're all born into history and that's somebody else's story. It's not our story. So yes. when we're, we, we inherit that. And um, I, I had not understood that. So my life came to a cry, to a, to a halt. I just, you know, it all fell apart. The wheels came off the bus, so to speak. So um, I uh, had to, I was forced, went through divorce, lost pretty much everything and was forced to just take a really hard look at myself and um, it was in, in that season that I call it the grace of God. Uh, people were sent to me, coaches, different things, and, and uh, to help me see, to take a very honest and close look at myself. And, and I began to understand this is what's been causing the pain in my life. This is why the patterns tend to have repeated. And so then I started, that work saved my life. I began to I made my profession, my inner well-being that became my profession literally for almost two years. I did nothing other than learn and focus and heal. And eventually that opened up the doors for me. So I actually, there was a conversation I was having with somebody and um, just, a, just a conversation who was with someone who was struggling. And this lady looked at me and she said, have you ever thought about doing this? I said, doing, doing what? Said, this. Talking to people? <laughs> I said, uh, I mean, you mean like a profession? And uh, she said, yeah, she's like people that do that all the time. There are coaches there. And I knew that at one, you know, intellectually, but it never, it literally never occurred to me that I could be of assistance to the world, to other people until that moment. Uh, Now, previously I had given up on that, you know, because I thought, you know, 
I'm going to be somebody that saves the world. Right. And then that all didn't work. And so I gave up on that. But then at this, at this moment, it was very new when this lady asked me this question, I, for the first time began to see this line of work as far as serving and helping people really the word ministry means service, right? So it's just, it's got some religious connotations to it, but ministry has always been who, who I've been. It's just, it just, it's in the, it's in the, it's in my DNA, my essence. So when I, when it, when I heard, when this lady asked me that question and they had come through, you know, I had just come, come out of a very dark season of my life. That was the first time I actually thought, oh, that's how it's supposed to work. What I've experienced, the healing I've learned and experienced, that's what I can pass on. And that's all I can pass on is the, is what I've experienced. I can't pass on something I haven't experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that led me into long story short, that led me into this work of being a author, podcaster, coach. You know, just listening to you and your story and what you're talking about that it made me think about society in general. When you say the word life coach, a lot of times, you know, you talk to somebody about, you know, maybe you, you realize that they might need a life coach Mm. and one of the reactions you get a lot of times is like, oh, you know, one of those, you know, what's that going to be all? Is that going to, you know, why would that do me any good? Can you help our listeners just understand a little bit about why a life coach will be important for anybody? What, How's that going to help them? Well, I love that question. <laughs> I'm biased, <laughs> but I, I love that question. Well, I like to look at it this way. You know, if you, if you just observe, just observe. Uh, life, observe different professions, the people at the top of their professions and just about every field have had help. Mm. I don't know anybody that has never had any assistance. You think about athletics, right? The best athletes, they all have coaches, right? Why? If they're so good, why do they need a coach? People say, I'm fine. I don't need a coach. Well, the best people need coaches. The people who are at the top of their game need coaches. So a coach is see the, the one of the main reasons why coaching is is necessary is because this is a hypothetical kind of conversation but if you, let's say you yeah. could talk to a fish right if you could have a conversation with a fish in a fish tank and you could say hey how's the water today how's it going i pretty pretty sure a fish would say what do, what do you mean water what is that i've never seen it how do you, what's it look like right mm. because when you're in water you don't see it you don't see whatever you're mm. in yes because you're in it. So we're looking at the world around us. We're experiencing life around us through a, through a lens, right? We're seeing things through a lens. Now, I don't know if you've ever, some people I've actually done this where I'll have like sunglasses on. I'll have them on for so long. I'll actually forget. I have them on. And sometimes I'll start, where's my glasses? Where's my sunglasses? You know, or if you've known people that will actually be on their phone and start looking for their phone. Right. Um, Because when you're so close to something, you actually, you actually become invisible to it. You can't see it. So as I mentioned before, we're trained to see and experience the world externally through sight, through sound, through touch, through smell, through sensation, but we're not trained to see the inner dimensions of life. And it's through the inner dimension of life. That's the lens through which we see everything. So if you could take that fish out of the fish tank and then show them the tank, now they can say, oh, 
oh, that's the water. Oh, I've been in that. I've been swimming in that totally. But when you're swimming in something, your own consciousness, your own state of being, you don't see that. And so that's one of the the number one reasons that coaching can be valuable for people is because it's an opportunity. We create a space in which we can literally step out of our, create some distance between our life and our perception Mm. and our observation, create a little bit of distance and then take a, a close look at, at the level of perception that we've, that's colored literally everything. And that perception determines the kind of life we experience. Absolutely. And Michael and I have had coaches for so long now because they see our blind spots and they know where we want to go. So we always recommend everybody get a coach, you know, Mm. to help them get to that next level because Jamal, life is too hard to figure out on your own, you know, and, and we're believe in like our lives belong to Jesus Christ. Okay. So Christianity is our backbone and having learned how much God loves us has helped us learn to love ourselves so that we can love other people. You know, that's, that's the big lesson we've learned in our fifties and sixties. Holy Mm. moly. I'm sorry, God, that that took me so long, but I was, you know, so I always love speaking to coaches like yourself because you understand that you're, the glasses outside going, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you listened to the way you're talking to yourself? Because what people are saying is what they're thinking and feeling. So whoopsie, we forgot to turn that off. Sorry, everybody. Turn my phone off. We forgot to turn off our phone. So I love that, that I love that you've gone through your mess and it's become your message to help other people get through their mess because so many people are going through so much out there right now and you're you're a voice of reason for them Hmm. well it's an honor it's it's a privilege and you know and uh i I, my understanding is is that whatever we receive is not just for ourselves but for for the world you know and and we're conduits things come through us yeah. For, for others. So the healing I've received, um, you know, even thinking about the nature of grace, you know, freely we have received, so freely we give mm. in that sense. So that's huge. Yeah. Are you happy that this all happened to you? I know that sounds kind of crazy, but <laughs> like now that you're over on the other side, are you, uh, are you grateful that this all happened? Ladies, are you tired of searching for your answers all over the internet and wish there was one place you could learn all about women's brain health? Well, Chef Michael and myself have you covered with the most up-to-date medical research. We cover what to eat to optimize your brain health so you think clearly, consistently. Balance your hormones, improve your sleep, get the negative out of your mind, learn to exercise in short bursts, have successful relationships, learn to deal with anxiety and depression successfully, and have more peace, love, and joy in your life. We invite you to join Optimizing Women's Brain Health. It's a free and private Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. We hope to see you there. Now, back to the podcast. 
it's it's taken a long time for me to really see the value in everything I've went through. But absolutely, the answer is yes, because I can't imagine not being here. Can I can't imagine not doing this, being in my skin, living the life I'm living, experiencing what I'm experiencing. Um, and it took it, it it literally, you know, the only way out of hell is through it. That's what I've come to to recognize. And um Oh, that's a tough yeah. one. <laughs> we true, get you. <laughs> true, but man, that's a tough one. It's it's a tough one, but liberation, you know. And there's, yeah. you know, in the, there's a verse in the in the New Testament. One of my favorite passages is uh, it comes out of Galatians five one, and it says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So, um, liberation. The, the whole point of this is to be free. And yeah. again. The truth, the truth makes you free, but uh, the truth obliterates illusions. The truth obliterates everything that, and we're conditioned in illusion, right? We're conditioned even to see, even, even at a very basic level, right? I'm conditioned to think of myself as my body and my mind, right? But, but my body is a tool. It's a beautiful tool. It's a gift. It's amazing. It's not who I am because this body is just 37 trillion cells, approximately that's in flux, you know, it's, these cells are dying. They're being regenerated. Eventually it's all going back to soil. So there has to be something of my essence that goes beyond the body and the mind. Right. So um, I come back to that and uh, it's just, it's to be aware of that truth of, of the essence of who I am, which is the, you know, the only way to be set free from the illusion of body mind is, is, is to see, to see its limits, you know, and it's when we run up on the limits of this body mind construct, that's been causing me all the suffering that I can understand at some point. And I say, Oh, okay. To, I have to take a look at this trauma. I have to take a look at whatever's been causing the suffering in order to get to the roots of it, to heal the roots of it. So I can go beyond this, mm. this, this sense of limitation, because the, the goal is, is freedom. And, um, that's what we're, and we're not going to be satisfied. This is why humans are suffering because there's a perception, whatever they're experiencing is not, it's not liberation, right? So we're not going to stop until we're totally free. So um, whatever it takes, uh, I have yeah. learned yeah. to say, thank you. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. I know we both have questions. And just talking to you, I, I it makes you think about all the different uh, conversations you must have with uh, the clients and the people you work with. Hmm. Do you find that working with people, because I'm sure you work in so many different areas, there's so many backgrounds you're dealing with. Yeah. In today's world, in this kind of microwave society where somebody comes to you and like, okay, Jamal, you're my life coach. And boom, within a month, I've got this all figured out. Do you find that there's a process working with people through the journey? I mean, what have you found, you know, working with people in their when they first come to you and, and how you have to work with them to say, here's what we're doing. Here's the process and how you help them through that. Well, I really appreciate the question. It's such an important question because I, the, one of the first things I have to be very cognizant of, as you, I'm sure you guys are aware of when you're working with somebody is there is a medication mindset, right? People come with, we've been, we've been conditioned, right? By, by, by a pop a pill, take a, 
you know, get a shot, whatever, something, some quick fix. And so people aren't always conscious that they're approaching this work of healing from that vantage point. So I try to help point it out for them. So early on, we have the conversation about what, what is ease and what is disease, right? So say, you know, think about physical illness for a moment. I was like, you know, how many of us have gotten the flu, right? We, we get, when, when you get the flu or you get sick, people always say, I, I feel like I get hit by a truck. It comes upon suddenly, you know, you don't get hit by a truck gradually. It happens really quickly. You know, it just, boom, it just, you get way late. Um, but health is very different than that. I've never heard anybody say, Hey, how are you today? And they say, you know, I feel like I just got hit by the health truck. You know, I feel like health just waylaid me. Like nobody really says that. Yeah, It's very subtle. It's gradual. It's subtle. It builds. And so I, one of the things that's really important in the coaching work, especially the kind of work that I do is I really emphasize you live life uh, consistently and you, and it's a process. Living is a process. Health is a process. Restoring ease in the system is a process. Um, you didn't get here overnight. Um, so it won't be an overnight solution, but th- there's no, there's no, there's no pill that's going to fix you ultimately. I said, but, but, but paying attention, whatever we give attention to, over time, you'll be able to, to take, you know, if you give attention to something, it will flourish. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a plant. You know, if you put it in sunlight, you give it water, it, it'll do well over time, yeah. but it ha- there has to be consistency in the process. So one of the things that we really work on up front is helping people shift out of this medication mindset where there's some thing out here that's going to fix me. And we say, no, we're just going to start paying very close attention to a dimension of life that we haven't been taught to pay attention to. And that's what we're going to do. And that's this work. And then the more we do that, the, the you know, I said, it's, this is a gradual process. Ease starts to come into the, and before you know it, you feel, you're feeling really amazing. You have lots of energy. Life has become robust and more crisp and more exciting. I said, but it doesn't, it's not one day here it's here and next day it's gone. It's if you'll just learn to pay attention consistently, this is an upward trajectory the way health is, right? And um, it's, a, it's a process for sure. And I would like to say, because I'm a medical doctor, it's, it's just insane that we're all taught that healthcare starts, your health starts in a doctor's office. No, it doesn't. Hmm. It does not start in the doctor's office. We need to start teaching people that it's way upstream. When you end up going to the doctor's office for a an illness, it's because you're downstream, you know, you need to start understanding, well, that's, that's our work. That's why I'm such a frustrated doctor. And we've started what we started (laughs) is it's, it's time to start working upstream and empowering, encouraging people. So it's kind of like when people come to you as a, for a life coach, they're downstream and they're like, I don't like where I am. I want to course correct. And you just help mm-hmm. course correct them. Right. Have you ever read that book? Slight edge, the slight edge. No, not familiar with that. Oh my gosh. That yeah, is such a, very a good, good book. book. Yeah. Just talks about uh, how life isn't just one straight line. We're always either progressing or we're falling off as we go along life. Now, it's it's about the little daily increments, the little daily habits we do each day. And yes, some days are better than others, but eventually, if you look over a time span, it's just the, the great example is when mm. you bump into somebody that you know, but you haven't seen them for, let's say, 10 years. 
and you see him and you see him on the street or somewhere or some, you know, gathering at, at a reunion or something, and you haven't seen him for 10 years and you see him, there's going to be one of two reactions. One's going to be like, ha, whoa, like, oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh, what happened to you? <laughs> that was that slight edge of life that kind of kept going like that, <laughs> you know, good. dropping off, you know, for those who don't know on the video, for the, you know, they've fallen off the edge of life. Uh, gradually, it doesn't happen in a day. Or you might have the reaction, you look at them and go, wow, you look fantastic. And they have progressed in their life. They're doing well. Their health is good. They've got a glow about them. They're, you know, things are going well for them. So that's kind of the slight edge of life. Is I love that. We're all either kind of dropping off the edge or we're getting better as life goes on. Yes, the years accumulate you know, on the calendar age, but sure. how are we doing? Are we actually falling off the edge of life or are we progressing, becoming better? Like, you know, hiring somebody like yourself yeah. so that, you know, we are progressing in life because we're working on ourselves. And I just love the work you're doing, helping people to work on themselves. It's so, so important, hmm. you know, for people to work on themselves, start with ourselves, because as you found out, when you had a little bit of a crash and burn is if we don't work on ourselves first, we can't really help anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point, babe. Good point. And I wanted to also talk about the past trauma because we've all been through stuff, you know, I wanted to say Jamal that um, our future has no room for our past, Mm, except for the wisdom that we've learned from it, you know, but like it's so important for people to understand that we're not meant to be stuck there, mm-hmm. you know, like there's freedom, like you talk about, there's liberation from that mm-hmm. so that you can move forward with those, with those bits of wisdom. Absolutely. Do you Absolutely. Find that that's what's help, helped you is getting released from that learning to move forward. Absolutely. And, you know, when you think about human suffering, what's causing our suffering, well, there's really two, it's suffering and the difference between pain and suffering, right? Pain is, pain's a part of life. Difficult things happen. You know, it's acute. It lasts. There's a, there's a temporary nature to pain. It comes, it goes. Suffering's a bit different though, because suffering is, is perception based. It's in the mind. And I have found that suffering is directly connected to how we're perceiving life through the lens of the past, right? So if, because this moment, you know, like if we just look at this moment for, for a second, what's wrong with this moment, right? Nothing. In this moment, it's, it's fine. All problems, when you think of a problem, right? It's, it's all future-based. If you think about when does the problem occur? Well, in my mind, I can think of a lot of problems, but none of them are right this moment, right? They're all in the future, but there is no future, I mean, because when the future is in the mind, it's the way we're perceiving time, but I never wake up and go, oh, it's the future, right? It's still today. Today is the only day that ever exists. It's the only time you will never experience life outside of this present moment. Life cannot be experienced in the future. So the mind is, is creating, the mind is incredibly creative and it's, it has this imagination. Typically, if we're feeling anxiety or stress, it's because we're perceiving or imagining something in the future that we don't like. 
that that seems scary or seems, you know, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And so there's a sense of uncertainty about it, right? But since the future doesn't exist and we're imagining these things, so it's like, well, it's kind of delusional, right? Where is the mind getting these projections from? Well, can, if it's if there if it's a stressful or scary future, it can only come from one place. Right. Since the future doesn't exist, it can only come from the past. So what the what the mind is doing is it's drawing from the past where there's something unresolved, something painful we've experienced, some some wound, some trauma. And because we don't have, we have not learned to energetically release it at some level, it's unresolved. So we're attached or identified with it in some way. And then the mind says, well, we, that's what it's, it, it can perceive. It can see, oh, this is what we're, potentially could happen. This is often happening at the unconscious level, but it's perceiving this could repeat in the future. So therefore we fight or flight mechanism kicks on. So then we begin to perceive the present moment as dangerous because we're looking at the present moment through the lens of the past. And then we can see that happening in the future. So then we begin to, to resist, you know, whatever we think is going to happen. And we start to make decisions from that place, which are never good decisions. Right. And when that occurs again, we end up creating in our future because the future hasn't been created. We end up creating in our future, the very thing we're resisting from our past. And this is why patterns repeat. This is why people keep having the same problems over and over. But I tell people, you've never been here before. Today is a brand in, in history. We've never been here. This has never happened. This is actually history in the making. Yeah. But so many of us approach today or this moment from the lens of different days, same story, blah, blah, wow. blah. This is just, we kind of see it as the same old, same old kind of thing happening. But in reality, that's because we're viewing this moment through the lens of the past. So what I say is the all the past is, and and by the way, there was never any past. Even when we experienced what we experienced in the past, it was not the past; it was the present. So all the past is is simply recollection records. It's 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 an we're accumulating perceptions of and memory. It's memory of what we've experienced, but that's all it is. It's it just it and it is not. It does not exist. You cannot find it anywhere. It is simply memory. So when we can begin to perceive that, and then obviously there's work to be done to uh, to find some resolution, to be able to process what happened, to release that energy. And as you do that, what happens is you, there's an ease that gets restored to the system. And then you can just see this moment for the way it is. And in this moment, I always tell people, there's no problems in this moment. What do we need for life in this moment? Everything, right? We need breath. We need, you know, air, our heart is beating, our, our, our systems of our body are functioning, the universe, there are things in the cosmos completely supporting us, right? The earth is spinning on its axis. We can keep going on and on and we go, oh, there really isn't any problem in this moment. So whatever future I'm imagining, if it's scary, it's simply my past. So that's just an indicator. It's like a notification showing me what, where have I felt this before in my past? And it's an opportunity to do some investigation and, and discovery there. But, um, but that's, what's causing our suffering, right? It's the, it's this perception of time, the future and the past, both of which do not exist. Wow. That was, so that was good. really good. <laughs> <laughs> and you can create your new now, yes, depending yes. on the 100%. story you're telling yourself. Yes. Like, yeah. okay, Absolutely. well, this happened, but I learned from it and I'm not that person anymore. 
And this is going to be my new now. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. not going to be scary. Yeah. Like we're in control of this is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the only way we can renew anything, right? It's, it's, um, so my perception, even from a spiritual perspective, like, so when Jesus said, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here as it is in this, this dimension of existence called heaven, right? So what is that? Like, that's a really interesting, like, how is it that we can actually create on this earth something that, you know, obviously if it exists in heaven, it, would, it has to be pretty good, right? It has to, I'm sure it has something to do with life and health and well-being and peace. Well, great. Well, when I can get out of my, the past, which is where all my trauma is, mm-hmm. and then I can stop creating a scary future, which is where my resistance is. When I can just let go and come back to this moment, then what I can, I actually now have access, spiritually speaking, energetically speaking, I now have access to an entirely different state of being. And the, the creative state of being can only, it's really interesting that to create, to imagine, so this is where visualization of the future, which doesn't exist, but can we visualize a future we want to create? Yes. So in order to do that, you have to have access to a dimension in w- where all, all of these things exist, right? So you know, if we can imagine a more loving or peaceful future or healthy future, whatever it may be, where is that, where is that originating from? Where is that image originating from? There is an actual dimension in which all of these things exist. And you know, we call we might call that heaven. In the, you know, if you're talking to a quantum physicist, they may call that the quantum field, the field of infinite possibilities. This is my understanding, this is all the same place. If we have access to that dimension, then we can begin to visualize it and then we can begin to create that. But that only works when we are not in a state of fear, when we're not in a state of this ease, a breakdown in ease internally. And then we have access to that. And then we can begin to create co-create with the divine and bring heaven to earth. And I, I believe that's what our destiny is. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. So so well said. That was beautiful. That was, that was sweet. Like we say here in New Zealand, (laughs) that was sweet, sweet sweet as, sweet as I love that. I for those down under that was sweet as, as. I mean, how many times have we said that prayer and that just, verbalizes it yeah very well yeah i love that yeah well do you want to see if uh, jamal's got anything he'd like to talk about or share how people can get a hold of him or anything well actually the three action steps i always love giving people some action steps do you have any i know this is not you know an instant kind of thing but we like to give people at least three action steps that they can start implementing um, do you have three that you could share to help our our viewers, totally. well, our listeners go, go, go? Totally. Something that's been a lifesaver for me is whenever I'm triggered, so we all know what triggers triggers are, right? So when we're triggered, when when something occurs and we feel instantly angry or upset or fearful, whatever it may be that happens, what I like to do, it's it's actually an, an indicator that something from my past is unresolved. So what I like to do is to say, okay, what's happening right here is not the source of my suffering. What's happening here is simply my past being mirrored back to me. So I always, first of all, say, what am I, what am I feeling? So I name it. First step would be name it. What am I feeling? Maybe fear, maybe anger, anger, whatever, whatever it is, give it a name. Then I like to locate it in the body. 
Because typically when we feel an emotion, a strong emotion, it, it manifests somewhere in the physical body, sometimes in the chest, sometimes in the stomach area, sometimes in the head area. I like this. Okay. Where am I feeling this? Then I'll take, take my hand. So step two is to put your, put your hand there, wherever it is, and just hold compassionate space. Take some deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. So you begin to just breathe. So you name it, locate it in the body, begin to breathe. That's all. That's step two, step one, name it. Step two, locate it and breathe. And then step three is to give it a voice. And the reason that this is so important is because I think about it as a child. Um, if a child falls down and scrapes their knee, um, first thing they do is they want to run to mom or dad, right? And they are crying and mm. the mom says, what happened? Tell me what happened. Mm. And they'll say, you know, this happened, or they'll say they had a bad dream. Same thing, right? They want to tell you about it. They need to get it. They need to express it because what's happening is you're releasing energy. Mm. So you give it a voice, not because it's true or because, you know, it's got credence, but fear is almost hundred percent of the time irrational, completely irrational, but it still feels this way. So you want to validate it as being, this is a, you're experiencing this. So give it a voice. So tell me what you're afraid of or what, what, what makes you angry about this? And I'll just listen to myself rant for a few minutes, listen to myself, express fear. Okay. So it's, it's literally, there's a part of me that's acting as a parent. There's another part that's the child that's affected. And I speak to that child that's in here, that's affected. I said, tell me what you're afraid of. And I just will listen. And then I'll keep asking the question. Tell me again, what else? What else is there? What else? Eventually you come to a point where there's nothing left to say. Okay. And at that point, I asked, take inventory. How does it feel? And it's always lighter at that point. And that's how you release the past. Literally. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique, very easy, quick, I want to say quick, but it's a, it's a, it's a method that should be applied often, but it's something anybody can do. Three steps yep. is to name it, locate it, give it a voice. Nice. Those three things. Beautiful. And it releases that energy. Yeah. I feel like I've just gone through a session with you. <laughs> Cause you know, we all still, ha- I mean, yeah. I still have stuff that oh. still keeps popping up. Yeah. I mean, and I'm we, like, we've got a coach and yeah, we're constantly in work. I mean, that's, we, we believe in that, that we're, we're a work in pro- progress until our last breath. I mean, yeah. We call it, we say that mm-hmm. we're an elite training for the second part of our journey, elite and, you know, elite trainers like do the hard work, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So that's the perception we have. We're I'm 63 and Michael's almost 65. So we're like, okay, God, we got a lot of things that you've deposited in us yeah. to do in this world. Uh, we want to stay in tip top form. So yeah. you've by the way, you guys look ab- absolutely fantastic. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, I mean that. I mean that. It, it's it's yeah. really encouraging because it, it I think it demonstrates that how you live and what you do makes a huge difference. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're grateful. I'm just grateful to yeah. be alive too. Jamal, this is great. Where can people find you? You are a blessing. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation with you guys. Probably the easiest way for people to, to get a hold of me um, or to find out about my work is just through my website, which is my first name and last name.com. So jamaljavanji.com. And uh, I have a book and, uh, podcast and then coaching, all that coaching information, all of that is there on the website. 
It's all on the website. We'll make sure it's in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you, you know, so you much. You are so valuable to society and, and what's going on out there. It's been an amazing, wonderful conversation. Your work is beautiful. Love your story. I know it's got its ugly stuff, just like all of us. But what I love about what you've done is you've taken that journey, the things you've learned, and you said, you know what? I've got a purpose here. I'm going to do some greatness. I'm going to take this mess that I've been through, turn it into a beautiful message, turn it into a business where I can help and serve the world. And uh, mm-hmm. I can tell just talking to you, and I, I saw your podcast name is, it's the Love Podcast, right? Yeah. Well, the, love, the Love Cast, yes. The Love, the love cast. cast. Yeah. Well, I uh, just, in our conversation today, uh, I can feel your love and I know that your clients, the people you work with is going to feel your love. They're going to feel warm. They're going to feel empowered. They're going to feel heard mm-hmm. and they're going to feel understood when they work with you. So I can, I can feel that vibe today from you. So thank you for being with us here on the MD and chef team podcast today. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, well, I- that's I so appreciate your generous words. I totally receive that. Thank you so much. It means it means a lot. All the way yeah. from down under. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's, been a, amazing. it's been a sweet ass conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All the way from New Zealand. I love it. That's on my bucket list to come to come. Oh, visit. there you go. There you go. Want to wrap it up for us? Sure. Well, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining Jamal, Michael, and myself at the MD and Chef Team Podcast. We love that you're here. Go ahead and share this with somebody that you know will touch their heart. And until next time, remain unstoppable. We love you. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.